Bibles to Jonah. To Jonah chapter 1 in verse 17. And so we will um, try to get to verse 17 here tonight and see what the Lord has us as we've been preaching through Jonah. I don't know the last several several times we've gathered together. And uh, tonight I want to bring another message here. And I called it Wow. W-O-W, just wow. And so if you would, in honor of God's word, let's stand to our feet. In verse 17, we'll read. He says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I humbly come to you tonight with a submissive heart. Lord, yielding tonight, your God, to whatever you would have us to have tonight. Lord, I just want to be obedient to you. I want to be right with you, Lord. I want to be right with these people. And so, God, we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd work within our hearts. And, God, that you'd change us for the glory of God. I know, Lord, that we've come to worship. I know we've come, God, to learn. I know we've come hungry and thirsty tonight. And so, God, I pray that you'd feed us from your table. I pray, God, that you anoint us with your spirit. I pray, Father, God, that you'd work with every heart and every soul. God, make us more than we've ever been before. God, help us to be stronger Christians. And God, help us tonight, Lord, to, to live lives that bring glory unto Jesus. And God, I would be, that we'd be pleasing unto God in the way that we live. And Lord, we're asking tonight for the help to do that. God, give us the strength, the boldness, the courage. God, to, do, to go forward and to do what is right in your sight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So before we get to 17, though, I'd like to recap in such a way that, that I'd like to bring forth this, this thought tonight of wow. The first thing I want to say tonight is this in chapter, verses 1 through 2. Uh, as we have read, we're not going to read there again tonight, but just uh, what we have read in the past. I, I want to say that, that Jonah said no to God. That's wow. Wow. How could somebody be so bold? How could somebody be so rude tonight? How could somebody be so wrong to say no to God? We're talking about God tonight. We're talking about God who has created the universe, God that lives in our heart, God that saved our soul, God tonight that is the, the one in whom we trust in, and Jonah said no. Wow. Isn't that wild to you that somebody would say no to the God of gods and the Lord of lords? To just absolutely not even think about it. I mean, there wasn't even a, a second thought. There was not even a a plea to God, maybe change and find somebody else. It was just an absolutely no. And I say, wow, wow to that. Number two, I notice in verses 4 and 5 that God sent a great wind and the ship was breaking up. Wow, wow. That God would send a tempest so strong that it would take a boat and tear it apart. That God would send a tempest so strong that it would be to a place where these mariners, these experienced professional mariners who did this for a living, 
It wasn't their first boat ride. It wasn't their first ship uh, uh, ride. It was, friend, they did this as what they always have done. Uh, They are very, very understanding. And, man, it came in such a wind, such a tempest, that the mariners were afraid. The ship was coming apart, and God was angry, and they knew it. Wow. What a wow that if you say no to God that he could bring something like this into your life. You say no that God has the ability tonight, he has the capability tonight to wreck your ship. To bring such a fear in your life that you began to don't know what to do, how I'm going to handle it, where I'm going to go next, what do I say? And you begin to throw things off of your ship because you're so fearful. Wow. Wow, that in verse 5, that Jonah goes to the ship and he goes to the bottom of the ship and goes to sleep. Wow, how can you do that, Jonah? How can you know that you're the one uh, that is caused the storm? You're the one who left from God. Uh, you're the one why that God would do that amongst the ship with mariners. And you just go down to the bottom and go to sleep. It's that old saying, who does that? Wow. Wow. I notice another fourth wow is that the shipmaster in verse 6 and verse 7, the shipmaster finds Jonah to be the cause of the storm. Wow. The lot fell on Jonah. The finger was pointed to Jonah. The, The very signs revealed Jonah. Out of all the people on the ship, The one who's in charge came and said, Jonah, you are the man. Wow. Of all the people, why why is Jonah just kind of kind of just picked out? Why is Jonah seem to be the one who's just there? They're saying, okay, everybody on this ship has got to be the sleeper. Wow. I know the fifth wow, Jonah fleed. From the presence of the Lord. And he admits it. That he knows the Lord. In verses 9 and verse 10. Now how does somebody. Who gets wrong with God. Leaves the presence of God. Is disobedient to God. Becomes unfaithful to God. And then tells somebody. That they fear the Lord. Wow. (laughs) How do you do that? I mean, you wouldn't be telling nobody, I don't even know the Lord. I mean, I'm wrong with God. I'm running from God. I'm fleeing from His presence. I'm not right with God. I'm in a bad place. I'm in an ugly place. Well, do you know God? I don't know. Not I fear the Lord. He's the God of heaven who created the sea and the land. Wow. So I see about five or six wows here. Notice another wow. Uh, there in verse 10, Jonah tells them to, he fled from the presence of the Lord. No shame, no regret, no secrets. Now I wonder tonight if you was wrong with God and, and you was disobedient to God and you get around some people, would you share that? We say, hey, listen folks, I just want to let you know something. We're in a storm, the storm's ever never been this bad, the boat is breaking up, we're throwing our wares out. The shipmaster said, uh, 
gate shut that said, hey, listen, sleeper, you need to call on God. Well, I can't even get a hold of God. I'm running from God. And, uh, and next thing you know, they cast lots and lots landed on me. And then I tell them, hey, listen, the reason why the storm's coming is because I'm running from God. I'm running. I'm fleeing from the presence of God. Uh, would you say that? Wow. You wouldn't share that information. Don't tell me. <laughs> that wouldn't be something you'd share. Oh, you'd probably say, well, I don't know exactly why the storm is so bad. I, I know that I'm on this ship right here, and, you know, and I fear the Lord, though. <laughs> oh, that may be your story, but Jonah's story was, I'll just be honest with you. I'm running from the presence of God, and I don't have no regrets nor shame right now about that. Wow. Wow. There's another why I noticed in verses 11 and 12, Jonah requests that they cast him into the sea. Wow. I don't know about you tonight. That would be the last thing I would request. I mean, would you be out in the sea? The storm is raging. The boat is breaking up. Everybody's scared to death. They're calling out on their gods, and you don't know what to do. The last thing you'd probably want to do is go up to the guys and say, fellas, chop me over. <laughs> Man, I want to get out of this mess. <laughs> Give me off this broken ship. Throw me out there to the fish. and Throw me out there to the whales. And throw me out there into the sea. All I can say is, wow. Wow, Jonah. <laughs> throw me off. I notice another while there in that verse uh, 15, and the mariners did just that. <laughs> wow. Somebody picks him up by the bootstraps, by the collar. Hey, God said, listen, old sleeper, you're the cause of all this. We'd be glad to chunk you out. And well, they took him and threw him out into the sea, the raging sea. And I could say tonight, wow. They saw the storm, they saw the Lord, and they saw the salvation of the Lord in verse 16, and the mariners got saved. Wow. Wow. Man, what a wow story it's been. I mean, we're only in chapter 1 of Jonah, and it's wow. And then we get to verse 17, and a great fish swallows Jonah. Wow. Right? That's the time of message tonight. Good thing, right? Wow. I mean, every one of those points, and probably more tonight, we can just read it over and over and over and over and say, wow, 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 wow. And then all of a sudden the fish comes by. Jesus calls it a whale, by the way. Now, there's commentaries who say don't call it a whale because of the Hebrew word. It means a monster, a sea monster, and all that. Well, I'm just going to take Jesus' word for it in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. He says a whale. So you and I tonight, we're just going to call it a whale, okay? Uh, so that we say, well, it's, not a, it's a sperm uh, uh, whale. It, I mean, it's this, that, and the other. Jesus has caused it a whale, but the fact of the matter is he got Jonah. Amen. Now, I would believe tonight if they said that Jonah swallowed the whale. I would believe that tonight with all my heart. I'd had no problem telling anybody and preaching to anyone that Jonah swallowed the whale. For me to believe that a whale swallowed Jonah is nothing for me. 
I believe it with all my heart tonight. Uh, there's been a lot of people writing, say this is a fairy tale. This is a children's story. Uh, this is made up. This is not real. This is not really account of the Bible. Somebody just threw it down inside there. Oh, but what I say to you tonight is a great fish, a whale, swallowed Jonah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I want to show you first of all tonight, while all these wows were going on, did you notice the Lord? Do you notice in chapter 1, it's not about Jonah? Well, Jonah's spoken of a lot. I mean, you'll think that Jonah has something in the with chapter 1, but he don't. It's not about Jonah. Okay, well, then what's it about? Well, I can tell you what it's not about. It's not about Nineveh. Well, that's where it all got started, wasn't it? I mean, God told the Jonah, Jonah, the great prophet of those days, go on down to Nineveh. I, I have heard the, the wickedness of them has come up to me. Well, it's not about Nineveh. It's not about Jonah. Number three, it's not about the tempest. Although it's part of the wows, but it's not about the tempest. It's not about the mariners, even though the mariners got saved. It's not about the fish. Believe it or not, it's not about the fish. Every time you think of Jonah, now listen, if you'd be honest with me tonight, when I say Jonah, what is your first thought? Fish. Right? You know, that's that game we play, right? If I say a word, tell me what your first thought is. Like uh, fajitas. Well, who's what I say over here? Popsitas. <laughs> I mean, just things like that happen, right? So if I, when we say, jo when we say Jonah, fish. But tonight, can I say to you, as you look at all that's going on, it's all about the Lord. It's the God of heaven who hath made the sea and the dry land. I want you to notice, number one, the notice God's love. It's all about the Lord tonight. And look at the Lord's love in verse 1. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up against me. God's love of a wicked people. That's why there's Jonah. That's why Jonah's in the Bible. That's why it's a minor prophet. Because God loves wicked people. That's why it's there. It's not Jonah. It's not mariners. It's not fish. It's not tempest. It's not anything but people that God loves. He loves the people that are wicked. He loves a wicked heart. He loves a wicked city. That's noticing of God's love tonight in verses 1 and 2. That's what it was all about. It was about the love that God had for the world. It's about the Lord. Number two, not only is it about God's love, but I know it's, it's about God's leadership. It's about God's leadership and that he directed Jonah. He said to Jonah, he said to any other minor prophet, he said, Jonah, you go to Nineveh. That's his leadership. And then he demanded the creation. He sent a great wind in verse 4. 
That's his leadership. And then he sent a mighty tempest. That's his leadership. They, and he sent a little lot. They cast lots. That was his leadership. And then he sent a great fish. That was his leadership. Amen. And then only do we see the directing of Jonah, the demand of the creation, but we see the delivery of the saints. The Bible said in verse 16, he saved the mariners. That's all the leadership of the Lord God. Not only did he want Jonah to go to Nineveh, but he knew that the mariners needed God too. So we find God's love. It's about the Lord. We find God's leadership. And then thirdly tonight, we find uh, that it is God's long-suffering. In verse 3, we find that God's mercy in disobedience. Whenever Jonah decided to flee unto Tarshish, God at that time could took his heartbeat away. God could have took his breath away. God could have took his life away. And guess what? When God done that, he could be just or he would be just because it's God. It's his heartbeat, it's his breath that he's letting him borrow, right? He said to him, he said, the soul that sinneth shall die. Did you know what he said? The Bible says the wage of sin is death tonight. And friend, disobedience is sin against God. And God would have been right, God would have been just if he had said to Jonah, Jonah, you go to Nineveh. And he said, no. And God said, you're done. And he's dead. But we see God's long suffering. It's about the Lord. He's having long suffering for Jonah, the one who's in rebellion. Aren't you glad he has, has long has long suffering? <laughs> there might be some of us tonight in disobedience, and some of us tonight that are stubborn, and some of us tonight that are not being faithful to the house of God or being faithful to God tonight. Aren't you glad he's long suffering? Boy, so was Jonah. God's mercy and disobedience. We find God's long suffering, God's patient in his fleeing. He let him flee, according to the Bible, he let him go down to Joppa. So in his fleeing tonight, God gave him a little bit of room, didn't he? Did God give him some room, maybe, so that maybe Jonah would have thought a little bit as he went down, as he went, he told God, no, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. He goes down to Joppa, he pays the fare thereof, and then he gets on a ship to go to Tarshish, and God's given him a little bit of room there to think about what he's doing. Long-suffering. It's about the Lord. It's about the Lord only. And tonight, is that your life? Is it about the Lord? Some of y'all have made it about your spouse. Some of you have made it about your children. Some of you have made it about your job. Some have made it about your money. Some have made it about your things. And some has made it about your church. It's about the Lord. The chapter of your life tonight is about the Lord. And his love, his leadership, and his long-suffering. Oh, God, may we recognize that here tonight. God's kindness in his casting. For we find that when these men casted him over, we find that was God's kindness. Because and whenever Jonah was cast over into the sea, that was God saying, okay, Jonah, 
we're moving to another location. Since you like going to locations, we're going to move you to another one. And I'm going to pay the fare thereof of it. I'm going to prepare me a fish. I'm going to appoint a fish. I'm going to tell a fish to come by. And he's going to sweep you up. Amen. And that's God's long suffering for Jonah. Can you imagine if God wouldn't have done anything that day. And Jonah was in the, in the water. Because as soon as he hit the water, it just went smooth, right? That's what the Bible teaches. And so he went down, though. And boy, and all kind of stuff. Can you imagine going to like to the, the, the uh, Galveston, the Pacific, the Atlantic, any of those kind of oceans, 30 feet, 40 feet deep? I mean, that's a scary thought, isn't it? But man, it showed the kindness of God to take him, to throw him off the ship. Can I say tonight, it is about the Lord. Did you notice the Lord? Man, you ought to. Thank you, Lord, for letting us have that. Number two, I want you to know it's not only the Lord, but I want you to notice the fish. It's a big story. There's no greater fishing story than this. If you want to tell a fishing story, tell this story. Don't tell me how big you caught a fish. Some guy said, I caught a fish this big. And they're thinking it's this long, but really it's like this. I caught a fish this big. We find tonight in this fish story in verse 17, we find that the fish is the grace of God. The grace of God is the fish. In verse 17, the Bible says uh, that he, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. The great fish was God's grace. And amen for God's grace tonight. You might think tonight that you're in a bad situation, but you better thank God that you're not in a worse situation. Tonight, you might think that you are in a pressing, depressing way, but tonight, it can always be worse. It's only by God's grace tonight we are where we are. Stop complaining and stop being aggravated and frustrated and where you are tonight because it's your fault you are where you are tonight, but it's the grace of God you're not where you now be. And we find now this old fish come by and just swallowed him up. The grace of God. Jonah was dying in the sea, by the way. How many of y'all could live in the sea? None of us could. Friend, we would go like a weight to the bottom. Listen, he couldn't save himself. Jonah couldn't. He was thrown in the sea. You say, well, he was a swimmer. Maybe he was one of the Hebrew Olympians. I mean, he was a great swimmer. But you only could swim for so long, right? I mean, you're going to swim, you're going to swim, you're going to swim. Where are you going to swim to? He said, well, you know what? He was conservative. He just dog paddled. Well, you can only dog paddle for so long, right? I mean, you get thirsty, you get hungry, and you get weak, you know. And so yeah, it, it might be where he see, went down, he might did a little dive, he might did a little flip, he might did a little uh, cannonball or preacher seat or, or whatever, and when he landed there in the water, uh, Fred, he come up a swimming. But, I mean, you can only do it for so long, right? So it is safe to say tonight that 
that Jonah was going to die. He's going to die in the sea. And the end of the mariners, can you just imagine as the, as the sea was raging and the mariners threw him over, he threw him over and the last time they saw Jonah was in the sea. The last time that Jonah saw them, he was in a storm. I can imagine the mariners thinking, well, there he goes. I can imagine Jonah thinking, there I go. I'm going to die. I'm going to die in the sea. And he could not save himself. That's why it's the grace of God. Number two, now he could not save himself, but others didn't save him either. I didn't read that a mariner said, oh, bless the heart. You know, you're thinking, well, listen, man, if those guys would have got saved before they cast them out, then they would maybe not cast them out. Or maybe they'd have a, a Christian heart and, and they would jump in after them. But it didn't work out that way. They cast them out, then they got saved. But there ain't nobody jumping in after them. Right? You see, read that. He was spending for himself. They didn't even throw out a boat. They didn't throw out a, a ball. They didn't throw out a, a, a foam. They, they didn't throw out nothing. A life jacket. They, they, they didn't throw out no life preserver. They didn't do anything. He couldn't save himself. Nobody else could save him. Only one person tonight could save Jonah. Who was that? God. You know, tonight, the only one person in your life tonight that could save you from running from God, save you from fleeing from His presence tonight, save you from your unfaithfulness tonight, it's not you, it's not others, it's not this church and the people of this church. The only one tonight that can save you is God. And you know what, tonight, if you're in rebellion and you're stubborn with God and you're being unfaithful to the Word of God and you don't want to live according to what God have you to live, you better start praying for a fish. God can send me a big whale. I want a big mouth. Come swoop me up. Because if I don't, I'm going to die. Amen. That's when you really want to know that you want to get with God. You really want to know that you want God to be the charge of your life. Is when you start praying for a whale to come by and swoop you up. Because I'm in a sea. And my life is turned upside down. Things are not going well. Things are going the opposite of what I thought it may be going. And I'm so discouraged and I'm so distraught. I don't know what else to do next. I don't know where to go next. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know anything about what I need to do. I know I'm just not right with God tonight. And you better start praying for a well. Maybe you ought to go to somebody tonight when the service is over and say, Hey, would you pray with me about a well? He said, that's embarrassing. Well, then die in the sea. Would you rather ask somebody to pray for you to get a well, or would you rather die in the sea? We'll see how serious you are tonight. God's pretty serious. Do y'all think that? I think so, too. We find this, the well or the fish tonight, the well is the, the grace of God. And uh, God saved Jonah. He saved, what did he save when he saved Jonah? He saved a disobedient servant. You know what God will do to us tonight in our rebellious heart tonight? Saved, yes, and we love Jesus, yes, and we fear the Lord, yes, but we're not right with God. You know what he'll do? He'll save you that's not right with God. 
When I say saved, I'm not talking about salvation tonight. I'm talking about saving you from the sea. A disobedient servant he was. He saved a disgusted Hebrew. He saved not only a disobedient servant, disgusted Hebrew, but he saved a disturbed prophet. That's what he saved. Now we ask him tonight, if you think from the mindset of God, why would you save Jonah? I mean, this fellow's disobedient. He's a he's a disturbed. I mean, listen, this guy here, uh, he is he's depressing. I mean, there's got to be other prophets in all the land and all the places that could go to Nineveh. Why am I fooling around with this Jonah character? If you was God. Right? I mean, if we was man, we'd do that. We're in the fourth largest city in the United States of America. There's plenty of people around here to get something done. But you know, that, that's not God. It's God's grace. God's grace to take you when you about had it done. God's grace to take you when you about, about just at your wit's end. It's God's grace to come to you whenever you said, you know what, I can't go no more. And God said, I tell you what, I just come and sweep you up with my well. That's God's grace. Woo! <laughs> you don't have to die in the sea. God has sent a great fish. We find that this fish, grace, Swallowing them up. And that's what we want tonight. We want grace to swallow us up. Even though tonight our hearts may not be right, our minds may not be straight, maybe tonight our lives are just messed up, maybe tonight we were like Jonah at the beginning, a big hot mess tonight. Oh, but the grace of God tonight, God has appointed, and if you be willing to allow God to come and say to the boat, they just cast me out, and they cast them out. God says, now, grace can swallow you up. Don't that what we want tonight? Grace, swallow me up. Your big old well of grace, just come and swallow me. Would you rather be in the fish's belly or in the sea? Number two, though I notice that the fish tonight is the grace of God, but I notice the fish is the gift of God. It was a gift of God to Jonah. As he was floundering around in the sea, uh, he had no idea that God had prepared a great fish, and he had no idea that there's going to be a well that's going to pick him up like an Uber driver. An Uber in the sea. Taxi cab. God's taxi cab, oh well. A gift of God tonight. He prepared a fish. Completely a gift of God. Not a gift of the devil. Not a gift of man. Not a gift of Jonah. Not a gift of the mariners. But a gift of God. The Bible says he prepared a great fish. Only God could be the one who bring a gift of God to Jonah. Now what kind of gift did God brought? He brought a great fish. But what kind of person was Jonah when he got him he got an unfaithful servant he got an undeserving Hebrew he got an uncaring prophet and that gift to that one tonight 
who was unfaithful, undeserving, that gift wrapped him up. Right? That gift wrapped him up. Can you just imagine tonight if you can have some imagination amongst this inspiration? That whenever Jonah was out there like a piece of bait. Right, Jonah? Piece of bait. And that big old whale that God prepared, God said to the whale, there he is. There's that piece of trash. There's that unfaithful servant. There's that disturbed Hebrew. I mean, there's that one right there. He's disobedient. I'm telling you. All right, fish. Now, when you get them, I want you to open your mouth. And I want you to take them. Then when you get them inside your mouth, <clears throat> shut that mouth. The gift of God wrapped them up. That's what we need, don't we? We can't continue on living this rebellious life, church. We can't keep on being unfaithful. Is that true? We can't continue disobeying God's word. That's going to land you in the sea. But what we need is a gift of God to wrap us up from all sides, all around. Bring us, shut this mouth. We're all within now the gift of God. God, we need your gift. It seems like tonight on our own we can't make it right. On our own, it seems like that we can't make the transition from the pew to the altar. Somehow, in our disobedience and unfaithfulness to God, we cannot make the transition to fall on our knees at the pew. For some reason, we just can't make uh, the very decision and choice that I will be obedient to God's Word at all costs. God said, I'll help you get there by sending you away. So we find the whale, the fish, is a great, is the grace of God. We say that it is a gift of God. Grace swallowed them up. The gift wrapped them up. He would have died on the bottom of the sea if it wasn't for the gift of God. He would have decayed on the bottom of the sea if it wasn't for the gift of God. He would have been devoured on the bottom of the sea if it wasn't for the gift of God. Thank God for his gift. Glory to his name. But now notice thirdly tonight, not only the grace of God and the gift of God, but I notice the grip of God. In verse 17, the grip of God tonight was in an unusual place. In the belly of a fish. How many of y'all been there? So you'd have to say tonight it was unusual, wasn't it? There's nobody else in the Bible that I can recall tonight, unless some of you can, can show me after the service tonight, where somebody was swallowed by a well. Only Jonah was the one that I can ever remind myself of. So it was an unusual place. So the grip of God, when God gripped on Jonah in an unusual place, an unfamiliar place, right? Jonah's never been there before. Never been in a well Ever been in the belly of a well? It's, un, it's unfamiliar. It's unusual. It's uncomfortable. I mean, 
the running, he says to Jonah, it's over. Right? Right, Brother Robert, it's done. I got you in my grip. You're in the belly of this fish. The gift of God and the grace of God done got you grip now. Your running's done. Your fleeing is over. It's no more, friend. You have come to the end of your road. Your rebellion and stubbornness stops here. In that grip. He couldn't get out. He was gripped in there. God had him in that fish. And that fish was surrounding him. And friend, his time has come to an end. Not his death, but his running and rebellion and stubbornness is gone. And I will say something to you, church. If it's not today, it's going to be one day that you're going to be in the grip of God. And your time is going to stop. And your running and your fleeing and your disobedience will stop in the grip of God. Is that true? That's true. That's true. So we find tonight the grip grabbed him up. Wow. Wow. What else can you say tonight? But wow. Number three. But did you notice the prayer? Did you notice the prayer tonight? Not only did you notice the Lord, did you notice the fish, but did you notice the prayer? In chapter 2, in verse 1, the Bible said, then. What does then mean? It means in verse 17, he's in the belly of the well. Then Jonah prayed. A little late, Jonah. A little late. <laughs> you should have tried to do that a little while ago. But you know, he, he prays. The need for God is now. Isn't that about usual? Isn't it about usual? We go our way. We go, our, we go astray. And we live like we want to. We do as we please. We go to church. We read our Bible. Uh, we give. We do. We become anything and everything. And next thing you know, we're in the grip of God. Then we say, oh, God, how much we need you. Oh, God, please help my car run. Oh, God, would you get my air conditioning started? Oh, God, would you help me find a job? Oh, God, would you convince them not to leave? Oh, God, would you help my children? Oh, now you need God. When you're in the grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when God's done got you down, and God said, I got you cornered. God said, I got you in a place you can't go nowhere. I got you in a place that me and you are going to have conversation now. And all of a sudden, you get spiritual. i just been wanting to talk to you, God. Yeah. That's how we do. We get to walking. We get to jumping. We get to running. We get to doing. The next thing you know, when we get in a jam, we need God. We need God. We didn't need God before. But now we do. So here's Jonah. He needs God. Uh, then he prayed. In his fleeing, he didn't have a need of prayer, did he? Did you find anywhere when he was fleeing that he prayed? He didn't. When God said, go to Nineveh, he didn't even say, God, can I pray about it? He didn't even do that. 
And then when he said, okay, uh, Lord, uh, I, 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 you know what? I just don't think it's the Lord's will that I go to Nineveh. Do you think it's the Lord's will that I go to Joppa? He didn't even pray that. And then he said, Lord, do you think that, that, you know, that I need to get to Tarsus at all? And, Lord, what boat and ship do you want me to get on when I get there? Do you pray about that? No, he hey, Lord, hey, when I get to the ship, Lord, uh, what should what do you want me to do? You want me to witness to the mariners? You want me to tell them about how great you are, how to fear the Lord? You're the God of the, who the sea and the land. No, he just goes to sleep. That's what we do all the time. Instead of praying, we're sleeping. Right? That's been a problem a lot of years today. Jesus out there praying. He said, would you pray with me? And the next thing they know, they're asleep. He comes back to them, couldn't you just pray for one hour? And they're asleep. And Freddie said, all right, just go ahead and go to sleep. I'm going to go on to Calvary and to die for your sins. We find the Bible teaches all through the Scriptures, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, church, wake up, church. We're in 2023. The woke is taking us. The government is trying to destroy us tonight. The devil wants to take your family and move them out into the world and destroy your testimony. Wake up. Wake up. He's wanting to shut down churches. He wants marriages to divorce. He wants children to run out. He wants jobs to end. He wants us to starve. He wants us to quit on God. It's been going on a long time. So what happened? Well, we find that in the midst of this praying, he finally comes to the place where he didn't pray on his fleeing. I noticed that he didn't, he, he, in his sleeping, he didn't even pray. He didn't say, Lord, I'm going to go to sleep now. Can I pray? You know how before you go to bed you pray, right? Didn't know, didn't know. You got to ask sometime, you know. I don't see him, I just see him go to sleep. He didn't pray before he slept. If he prayed, he probably said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Some of y'all said, well, I pray that. <laughs> he didn't pray fleeing. He didn't pray sleeping. Uh, he didn't pray uh, it, uh, when he was even reaping the way of going to the places he went to, and he didn't even pray to tell them, let me pray before you cast me out. There was no prayer at all in Jonah, and then chapter 2, verse 1, then, when he's in the fish. And many times Christians tonight, that's when they start to pray, when they're in the fish. Oh, Lord, help tonight. We find tonight the need for God now. Tonight he's in a prepared place, a private place, a personal place. Tonight in that fish, not is it prepared in private and personal, but I notice it's him and his own sin in that fish. Can you imagine tonight you're in that fish and all you have is what you've done and, and you that's horrible. And inside that fish is him and his heart and him and his life. Can you imagine tonight 
dying under the circumstances of Jonah, the last thing you said anything to God was no. The last thing you did for God was flee. How would you like dying like that? How would you like ending your life in an unfaithful and disobedient state with God? It's a horrible way to go. Then he prayed. But you know, God's a gracious God. God's a tender, loving God. God's a, a God of mercy and God of long-suffering. And then we find not only the need for God now, but then he, he had the heed for God now. The heed for God now. And the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 2, and he, he said, I cried by reason of mine infliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. That's only God. He heard me. So he heeded. He had the need for God to heed his prayer. You see? He didn't have no need earlier, but now he does. I notice number one, his confession. Tonight, the Bible says in chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, I cried by reason of mine affliction. Mine affliction. He's now praying unto God inside of the belly of the grip of the gift and the grace. And he comes to the place to a sense. And he says, mine affliction. Lord, I'm telling you right now, I am in this belly. I'm in this well because of me. And church, if we're ever going to get right with God, we've got to go where we left. You've got to go back to where you decided that you were going to go away from God. In order for you to do that tonight and to get right with God, to get back in step with the Lord, in order to be walking back with God and God to bless you and God to use you and God to bring glory in your life tonight, you're going to have to come to the first mindset is this and confess it unto the God and say, God, it's mine affliction. Not my spouse, not my children, not my circumstance, not my situation. It's not the world I live in. It's not the devil made me do it. It's not my flesh that's working up in me, Lord. It's me. Mind affliction. That word affliction there tonight is what he is going through. It's, he says, I caused this affliction. I created this affliction. It's me completely all the way. I can't blame God, I can't blame the mariners, I can't blame the fish, I can't blame the storm, I can't blame anybody but just me. The confession. The heed for God now. God, will you hear my confession? Because I won't out of the belly. But I need God to hear me. What does God want to hear? Confession. Confession. He confessed. We number two, I notice his not his confession, but I notice his profession. Not his confession, but his profession. In chapter 2, verse 3, his profession was this, is that, uh, for thou hast cast me into the deep. How did you get in the deep, Jonah, if you ask Jonah? Well, I told those fellows out there uh, that I was the one fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And if you chuck me over like a piece of meat, 
He said, then everything will stop. The, the storm will come. Everything will be just fine. They said, okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to roll to the bank. They could still be rolling right now. They're not going to get there. Finally, they realized that they couldn't fight against God. And they said, okay, we're going to take you up on it, Jonah. And the Bible says they cast him into the sea. But the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 3, who turned him into sea? God cast him into the sea. That was his profession. Lord, I went into the sea because of you. And Lord, the reason why I'm in so much trouble in my marriage and I'm in so much trouble in my finances, I'm in such trouble socially, I'm in so much trouble spiritually, I'm so much trouble in the way that I live and the things that I do, it's because you cast me into those things. Amen. Friend, there's consequences to saying no to God. And we find his profession, he cast them out. He said, he's saying to God, God, in verse 3, you're greater than me. You are stronger than me. You're larger than me, Lord. Uh, you cast me in the sea. Number three, I know it's the conclusion. Verse 4, he said, then said I, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Then he said, I am cast out of thy sight. God took his eyes off of me, he said. And that's what took place. That's what takes place in our lives tonight. When you decide to do wrong with God, God says, okay. He takes his eyes off. Says, that's what he says in verse 4. He said, I am cast out of thy sight. We find as well tonight that God looked another way and then we find that God saw me no more because sin separates sin divides and sin severs as long as you stay in your sin you're separated from God number four his dissension verse five the waters can pass me about even to the soul, the depth closed around about the weeds that were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with the, her bars were about me forever. Thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. His dissension, he was sinking, he was drowning, and he was dying. But then I noticed his ascension. Verse 4, he said, Yet I looked up again toward the holy temple. That was his repentance. His confession, his profession, his, condi his condition, his deception, or his dissension, and now he's ascending back up. It always works through repentance. Lord, I will change my mind and look toward the holy temple. Do you know, since I've been saved in 1988, I have done more repenting than I did before I was saved? God brings me to those places where he shows me my filth. He shows me my dirt. He shows me how wrong I am. And then I got to look to God and say, I'll look to you again, Lord. I got my eyes off of you. I got my eyes off of the Lord Jesus. I got my eyes off the word of God. I got my eyes on people. I got my eyes on circumstances. I got my eyes on the world. You got to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'll look back to you. I will. Lord, I pray, God, that you forgive me. God, have mercy upon me, Lord. I'll look back to you. And Jonah turned toward God there in verse 4 when it says, I will look again toward the holy temple. He changed his mind. 
right there. He, Jonah looked for the truth of God right there. He came to the broken part. He came to the end of himself like that man or that boy did in John chapter 15 or Luke, Luke chapter 15. He came down to himself. And Jonah finally came to the place he said, I'll look back or I'll look toward that holy temple. You see, while he was running, he wasn't looking to the holy temple. He was looking for Tarshish. Oh, boy, in that well, in the, bell, in, the, in the belly of the well, he finally said, I'm going to start looking toward that holy temple. I notice there's repentance, but I notice, number two, there's a resurrection, a revival for Jonah in verse 6. He said, yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption. We find that God saved his life. God sustained his calling, and God stayed his judgment. And lastly tonight, I got another point, but I can't preach it tonight. Last point tonight is Jonah's remembrance. His repentance, his resurrection or revival, but then his remembrance in verse 7. He said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. What did he remember about the Lord? He remembered the Lord that he was gracious. He remembered the Lord that he was merciful, slow to anger, kind, and repentant. Finally, Jonah came to the place where he had a need for God now. But then he had a heed for God now. My prayer for Glory Baptist Church is that you and I would look it within our lives and say, Lord, I have a need for God now. But not only that, but I have a heed for God now. I need you to hear me and get me out of this belly's well. Amen? A well's belly. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. All I could say tonight is wow. It's wow. All I could say tonight is, boy, I tell you, God help tonight. God help tonight. Well, if there's any time the church needs to be righteous, it's today. Well, if there's any time the church needs to be right with God, it's today. And true holiness tonight, and godliness, to be separate from this world, to be dedicated to God. I don't know if you noticed this or not in 2023, but it ain't got no better. It don't look like it's going to get any better, but you can. You don't have to go right along with the world. You can get better while the world gets worse. You can get holier while the world gets unholier. You can get righteous while the world gets unrighteous. You don't always have to go with the world. You can go with God. Would anybody like to just come tonight and pray? Say, God, I ask you tonight that you help me. You know where you are with God tonight. You might be running. Tonight, you might be asking God to throw you off the ship. You might be in the sea tonight. You might be in the belly of the well. I don't know where you are. 
Oh, but tonight, God does and you do. If some have come, would you come tonight? And let's just do business with God. The only hope we have tonight, the only help we have is the Lord tonight. we got to make sure that our lives are right with Him. Make sure that we're obedient to His Word. Make sure we're in God's will tonight. No safer place to be. Would you come? You sing, Brother George. It's time to do some business with God. It's time to lay it out before the Lord. It's time to get started working with God. It's time to start living for Jesus in this time. We've got to stop messing around and fooling around. Time's running out. It's getting to become midnight. It's getting dark. We need the light tonight to shine so that man may see the glorify our Father which art in heaven. Anyone else tonight? It's just time. It's time, Lord. Wow. Wow. For anyone and everyone tonight who's not even saved, and you leave out of here unsaved, I just say, wow. You that are saved tonight, and your heart's not right with God, and you leave out of here without getting your heart right with God, I just say, wow. What else needs to be said? What else needs to be done? For the sake of our family, for the sake of our Lord, for the sake of His church. Tonight, we as the people of God have to be in line and in order. May it be so. God help tonight. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. What a wonderful Lord. What a wonderful God. We pray that everybody decide, has decided to come to the Bible study at 7 on Friday. We'll see you on Wednesday night at 7, ready to worship the Lord. I love you, church. May the Lord bless you. Brother George, will you dismiss us tonight in a word of prayer? Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is He. Because I'm free.